Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good afternoon or good night. However and whenever it is you may be listening, thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast. Happy Monday. It's a new week. It's a beautiful morning, everybody. I hope you are having an amazing fantabulous start to your week. Hope you guys enjoyed the new intro music for this uh, Take It Easy podcast that we have here. Shout out to uh, Martez over at Open Talk Radio 313 The Flash. He created that beat. Um, I've been using it to intro the radio show for a few months and it really gets me hyped and ready to go for the show. So I thought that What better time to make some changes to the podcast? After many, many years, we have retired our OG sound and we have brought in the new intro music to the podcast. So that's going to be super exciting. Today's episode is Walter Mitchell's episode. And Walter Mitchell, you guys know him, SB Nation's Revenge of the Birds. You guys can support him with the link in the bio to today's episode. Walter Mitchell put a lot of this episode together. Our mock draft 4.0, he found the draft comparisons, he did the depth uh, and the he did the in-depth analysis for this. We We went back and forth on the mock draft, but to be honest, Walter saved me a lot of work on Monday's podcast because he did a lot of the work for us here on Take It Easy. And so Walter did a mock draft in under 20 minutes. That's basically what he made the game plan. Can we get a mock draft in in under 20 minutes? And as you'll hear me say, whether or not we accomplish the goal, we'll find out. You'll hear me say it later on in the show after the mock draft, whether or not we got to the 20 minute goal here. But anyways, this is a really interesting mock draft. It wasn't conventional it wasn't you know exactly like what we've done for 2.0 or 3.0 mock drafts this was a unique unique style mock draft with the perfect level of professionalism and lack of professionalism that you come to expect from this ranky dank podcast being filmed out of a bathroom so without further ado let's get to walter uh, unless we have any breaking news into the show here this morning, which, segue, 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 we do. We have breaking news in this morning that Jadavion Clowney, after many years of rumors and wanting to be together but never being the right time, Jadavion Clowney and the Cleveland Browns finally get to be together. And Jadavion Clowney will come in and replace Olivier Vernon off the edge 
And the reason I wanted to bring this up real quick is just because of how fascinating the Cleveland Browns offseason has been. Because last year, the, the problem with Cleveland's offense, or I'm sorry, the problem with Cleveland's team was their defense was so reliant on two players for the most part of their production. And that would be Denzel Ward and Miles Garrett. Two studs, much like the Rams, with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Their team was built around these two studs, and everyone around them got better because of those two studs, whether it be Sheldon Richardson or Olivier Vernon or Sione Takitaki, which I just love the name Sione Takitaki. Takitaki Rompa. And uh, whoever else it may be on the team, a lot of it was built around Denzel Ward and Miles Garrett. And this offseason, the Browns were one of my favorite moves because of how closely they resemble what the Rams are trying to do on the defensive side of the ball. They signed Troy Hill. They signed John Johnson, the safety in the corner, well, no, the corner and the safety, respectively, from the Rams. And now they bring in Jadavian Clowney, which is going to be their Leonard Floyd, their Dante Fowler. This is the guy you can pair, and because Miles Garrett is going to draw double teams, it's going to open things up for Clowney, who doesn't get a ton of sacks, but he definitely puts a lot of pressure on the quarterback. That is Clowney's strong suit, is applying pressures to the quarterback, even if he doesn't really get a lot of sacks. And again, sacks are a reflection often of the quarterback because it's so easy to avoid taking a lot of sacks. If you're a quarterback who takes a lot of sacks, you are probably holding the ball for maybe a little bit too long. Um, Jadavian Clowney has always bounced around. And it seems strange because the, the joke I love with Jadavian Clowney is that you know how in the draft where they have to point the arrow to tell you which of the offensive or the defensive players they're showing tape of? They never need to show the arrow for Jadavian Clowney because that dude is just a mammoth among regular-sized human beings. And so... The interesting thing with Clowney I've always found is that he's never been able to find a home because he doesn't get sacks. And last year kind of proved it because Clowney was really, even though it took him all the way to training camp to get signed and people wanted to not pay the compensatory pick for Jadavian Clowney, even though it took him on a one-year contract to Nashville, Tennessee to play with the poor defensive Titans, although Jeffrey Simmons... And Harold Landry are great young pieces. Not going to totally diss the Titans' defense. Jadavian Clowney played pretty poorly last year when he was able to play because he didn't play the whole season. And so it's really interesting to see Clowney against... Well, I know Clowney with Miles Garrett now as an off-ball edge rusher. It's going to be interesting to see uh, where Jadavian Clowney comes in because now he's rushing from the right. Garrett will rush from the left. And then, of course, you still have Richardson down inside and Anthony Walker and Taki Taki, Taki Taki Rompa. And then, of course, you have the secondary, John Johnson, Troy Hill, Denzel Ward. They've got pieces now. So I think the Browns should be better defensively next year. I don't know if they'll make like a gigantic leap, but always having that anchor of Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward is instantly going to make your team that much better. Okay. That was a little more in-depth than I thought it was going to be, but breaking news, Jadavian Clowney is a Cleveland Brown. Fun little news in this morning. Now, 
Mock Draft 4.0, Walter Mitchell, 20 minutes or less. Let's roll the tape and roll the Mock Draft 2, or Mock Draft 4.0. Damn, I almost got out of that perfect. Maybe we can crop that and try again. Let's just leave it all in. Leave it all in. All right. Mock Draft 4.0. Lindy's player comments. It's a little bit professional for my tasting. It's nice. (laughs) Uh, As I say say that, we also have the incorporated music of... I love it. You can hear that. Love it. But I say we have the professional element of playing recorded sounds off of a person's computer, uh, and the very professional element that we have incorporated here. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, without further ado, we have the 15-minute or less NFL mock draft um, here with Walter Mitchell. Uh, I don't know how much of this will be added before, but without further ado. Let's get the mock draft proceedings underway. So I have the first pick here and with the first pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback from Clemson, who of course he's going to be the number one pick, obviously been the number one pick planned out for about three years now. I've literally been saying since last, what would that be? December of 2019, when we were doing rebuilding the Carolina Panthers, that the Panthers should be targeting Trevor Lawrence as the number one pick two years in advance. So we all know he's going to be the number one pick and Lindy's scouting has his player comparison as John Elway. With the second pick, in the 2021 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Justin Fields, quarterback, Ohio State. Oh. <laughs> Player comp from Lindy's, Dak Prescott. Fields is multidimensional. Uh, probably the most athletic of all the quarterbacks in the draft. Interesting that uh, this pick may have trumped Robert Saleh's uh, old team, the 49ers, who might have been smoke screening at the number three pick with with um, Mac Jones. Uh, but Fields is uh, is quite an athlete, and I'm certain Jets fans are going to be ecstatic about this pick. Yes, and I think 49ers fans would be happy to watch Zach Wilson, the quarterback from BYU, fall down to pick number three. Throw that sucker in there for added effect. Um, I technically agree with this idea that, you know, Fields is better, mostly because I've watched Fields play more, and the only game I watched of Zach Wilson was him losing to BYU, losing to Coastal Carolina. So, Without further ado, I do think Zach Wilson is going to be pretty good quarterback, and Lindy's compares him to Baker Mayfield, and I personally think he's a blend of Baker Mayfield and Matt Ryan. So I think the 49ers are happy. With the fourth pick, the Atlanta Falcons stave off all phone calls and take extraordinary tight end Kyle Pitts from Florida. Player comp, George Kittle. Uh, Wow. Wow. What a trans, transcendent player at the tight end position. Uh, the combination of 
adding Pitts into Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley may make Matt Ryan a second-time NFL MVP, the award that he won in 2016. I will bet someone any amount of money that Matt Ryan will never win an MVP again. I will bet any amount of money to any person in the world he will not win another MVP, even with Kyle Pitts. (laughs) I still do love Matt Ryan. But the Civil War in Cincinnati at pick five concludes with Jamar Chase, the wide receiver from LSU, who Lindy's compares to A.J. Brown as their player comparison. And Cincinnati, it's Joe Burrow's guy. Obviously, I haven't watched as much Chase because he sat out a whole season. They're not exactly sure what kind of finished product he'll be, and no one is in the draft process. But Jamar Chase wins out in the Bengals' civil war between him and Panay Sewell. With the number six pick, the Miami Dolphins select Micah Parsons, linebacker, Penn State, Player comp, Brian Urlacher. Uh, wow, what a what a linebacker Parsons is, and he he's going to add instant pop to that uh, Dolphins defense, which is getting stronger and stronger. Um, it might be a surprise pick, but uh, knowing the Dolphins and and um, their penchant for defense, this kid is a stud, and I think that he's going to be an instant fit and and. Um, fan favorite in Miami with the seventh pick in the 2021 NFL draft the Detroit Lions select Devonta Smith wide receiver from Alabama and uh, Heisman Trophy winner Guy is literally my size. He is six foot two, 180 pounds. I am six foot two, 170 pounds. So he is literally my size. And the man has been an unbelievable player in getting into space. Um, and Lindy's comparison to Marvin Harrison, which a lot of that has to do with the body build. Um, but there's no, no ceiling on this Devonta Smith kid. With the number eight pick. In the 2021 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers select Penny Sewell, tackle, Oregon. Oops, I forgot the music. (laughs) The music's good before or after. And so is his comp pick to Trent Williams. I mean, I I couldn't resist. I, I mean, he's the closest thing to Anthony Munoz. For you NFL fans who go back that far that I've ever seen, um, boy, just blocks out everything, including the sun on the left side um, of of their of the line. And um, the Panthers are delirious to, that he slid to them at number eight. With the ninth pick, the Denver Broncos are the beneficiaries of Trey Lance, the quarterback from North Dakota State, who Lindy's compares to Cam Newton. Um, obviously new GM for Denver. So I don't see any reason why this wouldn't happen if the draft falls the way it does. I, I hesitant to see if there are some sort of crazy trade that someone would be in the Mac Jones market or the Trey Lance market, whether it's Pittsburgh or Washington or someone trying to go up and get that quarterback. But if so, I don't think Denver can pass on a chance to land this kind of prospect and solve your quarterback situation once and for all. With the 10th pick, 
the Dallas Cowboys select Patrick Sertain, the second cornerback, Alabama, comp to Jimmy Smith. Uh, boy, just one of the most more solid cornerbacks you're ever going to find coming out of college. Um, does everything textbook. Of course, he's a, a, a legacy um, with his dad being an NFL player, and he's well-trained. Uh, the Cowboys wanted one of the best corners in this draft, and they arguably just got the best corner in this draft. And with the 11th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the New York Giants will select Aziz Ojalare, the, well, I guess, edge rusher from, uh, wait, Georgia. <laughs> Technically a linebacker, but they compare him to Noah Spence as uh, their Lindy's draft comparison. Um, the Giants could go in a bunch of different directions, but uh, if they're going to hold pick 11, um, it could be a wide receiver. It could be offensive line, but they could also always use help on defense because they're the core of their team is going to be built on defense. And who doesn't need another outside rusher to pair along with maybe the best interior rushing duo in the league of Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence. With the number 12 pick, the Philadelphia Eagles select Jalen Waddle, wide receiver, Alabama. So it becomes the Jalen and J-A-Y-L-E-N show in Philadelphia, a re reunion of... But not to mention, they also have Jalen Rager. Oh, the trio, the Jalen trio. Very good. So, yeah, they have, um, they have a trio of Eagles there that uh, all have skill and, and should be fascinating to watch. Waddle just steps right in um, and takes over that speed position. Um, role for the Eagles. With the 13th pick in the NFL draft, the Chargers select Christian Derisaw, the offensive tackle from Virginia Tech, whom is compared to Jake Matthews. And honestly, if the Chargers can get Jake Matthews, they'll be happy because they obviously just signed Corey Lindsley. They still have Russell Okuns, or I'm sorry, Russell Okuns on the Panthers. Sorry, they have <laughs> their their off the left side of their offensive line is kind of set, but then they'll come back and fill out the right tackle position with Darisaw. So that'll work out pretty well for the Chargers if they can get Christian Darisaw. With the 14th pick, the Minnesota Vikings stick with the offensive line and go with Rashawn Slater, guard tackle out of Northwestern, can play every spot along the line, every tackle spot, every guard spot. He's not a center. But they, uh, Lindy's comps him to Ali Marpet, the all-pro guard for um, Tampa Bay. And I, I think that a number of the pundits are projecting Slater to kick inside. I think with the Vikings, he might stay at tackle, however. Um, but they'll uh, be pleased to have a... a, a uh, outstanding, aggressive offensive lineman like Slater. And with pick 15, the Patriots are the beneficiaries of a slide for Mac Jones, the quarterback from Alabama, whom Lindy's compares to Jared Goff. And if you've listened to this podcast consistently, this is where I think he kind of belongs, is the very certain fifth quarterback off the board. Our buddy Blake Jude has him as a third-round grade 
Um, this is where Mac Jones should go under a normal circumstances of a draft is kind of in this 15 range where he has upside, but it's not someone that you should be aggressive on. The Patriots will let him fall into their lap and develop him over the next couple of years and see if he's got something in the tank. Well, and just to chime in on this one, um, you know, with as close as Bill Belichick is to Nick Saban, I bet there's been quite a few conversations about Mac Jones, and I know that Saban is very high on him. Um, so this might be a very fascinating pick to um, keep an eye on. Well, here are your Cardinals coming up next, but let's explain the situation with that. Yes, at 16, the Cardinals trade their pick to the Steelers. In return, they get the Steelers' 24th pick and their 87th pick because the Steelers worry that um, the Dolphins are going to grab their guy, hop ahead of the Dolphins at 16 to take Alabama running back. Oh, sorry. Nope, nope, sorry. Um, (laughs) (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Oh, that's great. I love that. That is just so, so good. All right, Najee. Comedic timing Obviously, (laughs) everybody knew what I was saying. Najee Harris, the the All-American who led number one uh, running back from Alabama. Oh boy, can this kid jump cut and do it all. Um, Great between the tackles uh, is an outstanding receiver. The the Steelers really want to revamp their running game and they feel like Harris is their guy. And his draft comparison should just say closest thing humanly possible to Derrick Henry. That's what his draft comparison should say. Yeah, Lindy's comps him to Todd Gurley, so that's not too bad either. Not too shabby. Uh, With pick 17, the Vegas Raiders select Samuel Cosme, the tackle from Texas, whom Lindy's compares to David Bakhtiari. And uh, if he can get a David Bakhtiari, I think it's kind of perfect for the Raiders because the Raiders are trying to revamp and rebuild the offensive line. I have a lot of questions about what their game plan is in the end, but if they're going to be the Gruden offense where we're going to power run, power run, outside run, and run some more, might as well invest in that offensive line. So uh, Samuel Cosme is the pick for the Raiders. At 18, the Miami Dolphins, with their second pick of the first round, select Quiddy Pay, Edge, Michigan. Comp to Shaq Lawson, a player that they also have. Uh, the Dolphins are really trying to – Oh, Shaq Lawson is a. Uh, I mean, he's Texan a Texan now. now, exactly. So that's yeah. where Quiddy Pay comes in. He slides right into Shaq Lawson's spot and um, makes that an even swap. Quiddy Pay is uh, quite a quite a force of nature coming off that edge, and I think the Dolphins are delighted that they've come out of this draft so far with Parsons and and Pay. And Washington, sitting at 19, will select J.C. Horn, the corner from South Carolina, who's now jumped to two on most boards post-Caleb Farley surgery. 
And uh, Lindy's has him compared to uh, Marcus Trufant. I have no idea who Marcus Trufant is, <laughs> and I've never watched J.C. Horn play. So that is the analysis you can get here. Let's move on. Well, I've watched <laughs> J.C. Horn, and I'll tell you what, he is he is a horn dog for sure. He and Oh, phrasing. Yeah, phrasing, I mean, he phrasing. cover <laughs> corner who's covered it, it, a who's who of great SEC wide receivers. From their tight ends, he covered um, Kyle Pitts in the past year. Um, this kid's a this kid's a baller, and of course, a, a legacy as well. So, um, as certain is. So, uh, with the twentieth pick, the Chicago Bears addressed their right tackle position by taking Tevin Jenkins, the right tackle from Oklahoma State who uh, Lindy's comps to Daryl Williams, which I think is an accurate comp. Uh, Jenkins, big, strong, physical kind of player. He fits the Bears profile to a T, and they're going to love plugging him right in there uh, at right tackle. See, now I'm just using it for comedic effect. (laughs) Um, So... Pick 21 shall be the Indianapolis Colts' Elijah Vera Tucker from USC, whom they, uh, people, the good people at Lindy's compare to Isaiah Wynn, um, which is interesting because of the career trajectory of Isaiah Wynn. Not that that's exactly Vera Tucker, but this is the easiest fill of the draft. Colts have a specific glaring need at left tackle. They can fill that left tackle position in the first round, move on, be happy. They did the bulk of their work before the free agency began by getting Carson Wentz. They left this position open, and so now they'll fill it through the draft. With the 22nd pick, the Tennessee Titans select one of the real unicorns in this draft, Zaven Collins, linebacker, Tulsa. Uh, an all-purpose linebacker, play inside, outside, um, outstanding in coverage. I mean, he's a modern-day linebacker who – you never take off the field. Uh, Lindy's comps him to Leighton Vanderesh. All right. And with pick 23, the New York Jets will select Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver from Minnesota. And I've watched him play a bunch. I love Rashad Bateman. Um, we talked about this with uh, our buddy Blake, our draft analyst, that some people even put him over um, – over Devonta Smith, which is a little bit of a interesting idea. Maybe someone will get crazy on draft night, but if the Jets walk away with a wide receiver, even with their glaring need at corner, I think they'll be happy if they can walk away with someone. Lindy's compares to Mike Thomas. So receptions guy is important because Jamison Crowder is a free agent at the end of the season. Yeah, I want my Cardinals to grab him, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Speaking of the Cardinals, they're at 24, but they trade out again. Saints come up and offer the Cardinals the 28th pick and the 105th pick, which is a third-round comp, to select. The Saints select wide receiver Kadarius Toney from Florida. A gifted slot player, fits their system really well, will certainly help out Jameis Winston Winston, uh, in their passing game, um, which will be fascinating to see Sands. Uh, Drew Brees and um, adds to their weaponry on offense. 
And with pick 25, the Jacksonville Jaguars fill that secondary need and select Caleb Farley, the project corner from Virginia Tech, who is also compared by Lindy's to Jimmy Smith, um, which is an odd person that everyone would want to compare <laughs> to. But so be it. We have a lot of Jimmy Smiths in this draft. Um like I said before, Farley's injuries are the big thing. Uh, most of my analysis comes from listening to our buddy Blake talk about Caleb Farley. So if you want some more Caleb Farley information, check out all of our other podcasts here on the Take It Easy podcast channel feed. Download, subscribe, and leave your five-star ratings at your leisure. With the 26th pick, the Cleveland Browns. Select Jalen Phillips, Edge. The U, Miami, comp to Ryan Kerrigan, which I think you know, er, a younger Ryan Kerrigan, which I think is a really good comp. Uh, Phillips is a is really a gifted player. If you've watched him play, uh, he's had the concussion issues, which knocks him down the draft a little bit here. But uh, but he had a real fine season uh, at Miami this past season. Put a put away any doubts about his, his physical strength and, and, um, and uh, endurance. And, and here he is opposite, you know, um, well, in a defense that's really going to feature a great pass rush. And with pick 27, Baltimore, it, right before the Cardinals. Now, for those who are wondering, we did this back and forth, and I wanted the Dolphins to trade up here to 27, but I couldn't really figure out a good enough trade to make it happen so that they could take Travis Etienne uh-huh. right before Walter gets his man. But ultimately, Baltimore keeps the pick and takes Terrace Marshall from LSU, whom the good people at Lindy's compares to Denzel Mims. Um, dear God, do the Ravens need wide receiver help. That's what I can say about that is – You've got an elite quarterback in Lamar Jackson who has led the league in touchdown passes during his MVP season. Just give him something to work with at the wide receiver position. Just Sammy Watkins and Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews can be a number one receiver at tight end. Just give him something to work with at wide receiver. Yeah, Marshall's 4.38 speed just got timed at his pro day. Nice target. little overshadowed by Jamar Chase. But uh, the Ravens got a good one there. Well, and Justin Jefferson. <laughs> he was there Absolutely. with him. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, um, the Cardinals uh, offensive assistant, Jerry Sullivan, worked with all those guys at LSU a couple of years ago. So, I mean, I think Marshall would be high on the Cardinals list as well. But at 28, the Arizona Cardinals select running back Travis Etienne of Clemson. Um, wow dynamic game-changing type running back um, who has the speed breakaway speed to take it to the house combines with Kyler Murray to make quite a speedy backfield and uh, under an improved much improved Cardinals offensive line this should be very exciting for Cardinal fans And with pick 29, the Green Bay Packers select Jeremiah Owosu-Quora, who is, I hope I said his name right. Uh, he's from Notre Dame. He's a linebacker. They compare him to Davian Taylor, who I have <laughs> no idea who Davian Taylor is. Um, I also have never watched this guy play, except just uh, across the side of the screen during their beat down by Alabama in the uh, 
championship game where Steve Sarkeesian's bland offense just picked apart, or not his bland offense, his predictable offense picked apart Notre Dame because they just had ridiculously good talent on the team. Um, This is just a fun side story. I'm not much of like an expert when it comes to like calling plays and stuff, but as I was watching that game, it was the second drive when they were up seven, nothing. I literally went six plays in a row. I'm like, okay, so let's run it inside here, then do an end around, throw to Devonta Smith, throw to Devonta Smith, run, play, touchdown. <laughs> it was the most predictable offense possible, but they just executed it because they just had way too much talent on the team to not score. But Sarkeesian runs the most predictable offense in the world, and they beat up on Jeremiah Owosu of Quora. So I hope that that's a good analysis for him picking you and getting Packers fans well, excited. Well, I'll, I'll go to bat for Jeremiah Owosu Karamoa saying that I think most of those plays were designed to go away from him because he is a dynamic um, player in space um, who can make tackles all over the field. The question in the NFL will be, um, as it was a little bit with Isaiah Simmons, where is he going to fit on defense? I think he's a natural um he could play strong safety or he could play, uh, you know, 43 outside line, weak outside linebacker. Or in the 34, he could cer- certainly play uh, maybe a, a weak inside position there. If you can keep him clean, he'll make tackles all over the field. With the 30th pick, the Buffalo Bills <clears throat> select cornerback. Robert Newsom from uh, Northwestern. Uh, boy, a, a great athlete, also a progeny, uh, um, a legacy. Um, had a great, great career at Northwestern. Um, very capable man cover guy that the and the Bills love man cover guys. So he's going to fit in that defense like a glove. And my final pick with the 31st pick, the Kansas City Chiefs select Dylan Raydunes, the tackle from North Dakota State, whom they compare to Brian O'Neill, who is the right tackle for the Minnesota Vikings. For those of you who are unaware, I was unaware until looking that up about 50 seconds ago. But uh, Minnesota is, uh, I guess Kansas City is looking for some sort of help on the tackle position. They could still re-sign Mitchell Schwartz, but might as well. They've got Lucas Niang coming back. They've got the doctor guy coming back as a guard. So you know what? Let's add some offensive line help because that kind of took a Super Bowl away from a super team last year. Excellent. Uh, one correction for me. <laughs> I did an old, I remember Robert Newsom was the running back for the Cowboys. It's Greg Newsom, excuse me, back at Buffalo. Um, <laughs> I did a total space out there. Sorry. Um, it's the pressure of the moment being on the clock. No, it's definitely Greg Newsom. <laughs> so my apologies there. And then with the final pick of the of the 2021 uh, NFL draft, pick number 32, the Tampa Bay Bucks select Joe Tryon, a defensive end, outside linebacker from the University of Washington, whom. Uh, Lindy's comps to Robert Quinn. And I'll tell you what, uh, Tryon is a beast off the edge. Uh, you know, 
JPP's getting a little older at Tampa Bay, and so and that defense is is all star studded, and Tryon's gonna be their you know um, nickel rusher. Uh, it's a good grab for them there. Well, we did say it would be the twenty minute or less podcast, and I have to acknowledge if you play this podcast on one point two five speed, you can get a twenty minute or less <laughs> podcast. So we, we did pretty well. We did pretty well. Just switch the podcast to 1.25 speed and we can get under 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, we did our best, I think. <laughs> well, also, we got sidetracked because I wanted to make JC Horn jokes. Like that was part of uh, that was part of the sidetracking. That was inevitable. It was inevitable. Happen. You just can't resist yourself. I, I totally get that. I knew that was going to be a challenge. <laughs> But uh, I think under the circumstances, it was pretty brisk and a, and a fun exercise to go back and forth. It was fun making these picks and who knows how accurate they'll be. But, you know, it's mock season and it's fun. I would say in past years, you're shooting for like six or seven. But then last year, the draft was the most predictable possible version of the draft until you got to like pick 16 or whatever. But it was the most predictable version <laughs> of the draft up through the first exactly. half of it. Exactly, yep. So. All we had was the Giants picking the wrong offensive tackle to mess up the order. That yeah, the Giants will do that. I think they'll throw, make throw a curve. Yes, they will. Yes, the Giants will always yeah. pick the wrong I mean, Dave Gettleman prides himself <laughs> in that, uh, you know. Um, that's why I kind of liked you picking Aziz Ojolari there. I think that's a. That's a pretty accurate, that's a Dave Gettleman type move, I think. Um, Felt like it was going to be him or Jalen Phillips, and Jalen Phillips ended up falling pretty far. So if the Giants wanted to trade up. Yeah, and well, here's the other guy that may be a fit there for Gettleman is Jeremiah Owusu-Karamoa. You know, he loves those fast linebackers that he had in Carolina with like Shaq Thompson and um, you know, Luke Keekley. Uh Owusu Karamoa is in that mode. I'm I bet you he's high on Gettleman's draft board and um and would be right up there in consideration with Ojolari and some of the others and maybe some of the tackles. But that's gonna be interesting. In case, in case someone wanted to go up and get uh Mac Jones at eleven. Yeah, I mean yeah, particularly if it's the Patriots and it's only four spots to move and you get real draft value, the Patriots still have a ton of draft picks so to offer. So, yeah, that's a possibility. Um, I could see that happening for sure. But uh, I would be stunned if the Patriots traded up for a quarterback. I would be stunned because it looks right now like you know the, what the 49ers are doing. There's still a chance he could end up with Jimmy Garoppolo in the near future. Like, there's not really much of a market for Garoppolo, so he might just get upended and released. I'd be stunned if they traded yeah, up for a quarterback. Um, well, never say never. I think past the first three picks, the, the hinge pick of this draft is at number four with the Falcons. Because, yeah, you know, I mean... I, I agree. I, I don't see how they should ignore Kyle Pitts. Um it's, he's the unicorn of this draft. He is the, you know, uh, he's he is the most outstanding player in the draft. Um, and it'd be hard to, like, sort of sell your fans. You're just going to trade out of that pick and give up on a, a 
player of that that um, caliber. So, well, let me try and sell you on a trade because this is what we did okay. in our other mock version. So let me try and sell you on this. So you get to move down. You would move to pick twenty four, and Pittsburgh would move up to four to take Justin Fields. So in exchange, you would get twenty four pick. Uh, Terrell Edmonds, the strong safety for the Steelers who might hit free agency next offseason. So that might come with a contract extension. And the Steelers' first, second, and third round picks next year. So it would be the 24 pick, Terrell Edmonds, and the Steelers' first three picks of next year. Which the Steelers are going to win. Those picks are going to be at the, you know, towards the end of the round. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think they're banking on it being a top no. ten pick. I think you're just, you know, banking on the bulk of picks. Yeah, I mean, that's ten. But to drop from four to twenty fours, that's a pretty seismic drop in a, in a, in the first round. Um, yes, but it could work out for you. This is the interesting part about that. Because do you remember the Mahomes trade? Do you remember? Wh- they don't talk about this enough, but do you know what happened after the Mahomes trade back oh, in 2017? So the Bills had the 10 pick, and the, the Chiefs had to get up above the Saints, who were probably going to pick yeah. Mahomes at 11. So they went to 10, Bills moved down to 27, and they got the Chiefs' like first-round pick the next year. I, I think it was like Jared Hughes or something not that great. But when they moved down to pick 27 – the Buffalo Bills selected Tredavious White with that 27th pick. So it worked out pretty well for them, even in trading away the pick that became Mahomes. They still got an all-pro corner out of it. Yeah, it certainly did. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, the Falcons at at 24, in in our mock, Farley's still on the board. Greg Marshall, not right. You know, um, I mean, um, Greg Newsom is on the <laughs> I was about to say that Greg Marshall is combining two names but also the former coach at which we're hitting State. them all man I'm, I'm like you know I'm hitting them all here but um yeah I mean there are other and there are some great corners that were not we didn't select like Asante Samuel um he's gonna be a heck mm-hmm. of a pro um He's one of those picturesque guys whose first-round talent that you get at second-round prices because you get him early yeah. in the second round. Yeah. And um, if you don't mind, for my Cardinal fans, do you mind if I just tell them the rest of the Cardinals draft? Go for it. I appreciate the Cardinals fans stopping yeah. in to take it easy. So, all right. So we were able to pick up two extra third-round picks with the two trades down. Cardinals um, – take Travis Etienne at 28, running back Clemson at 49. They take Aaron Robinson, cornerback US, UCF, um, who shined at the Senior Bowl, and they, they just sent the D-back coaches to the UCF Pro Day. Um, I know they're very high on him, and the kid is really quick um, and aggressive. Um, they come right back at pick 87 with another cornerback, Ifiatu Melifonwu. Uh, the cornerback from Syracuse, uh, boy, and he is a boundary corner, big, tough, sticky. Um, fans are going to love him. At uh, 105, the the pick that they got from from New Orleans, they take Diami Brown, Diami Brown, uh, the wide receiver for North Carolina, quick as a cat, 
um, can play the slot, can play outside. Uh, he's a nice fit um, and good complimentary uh, wide receiver. At pick 160 in the fifth round, the Cardinals trade it to the Cleveland Browns plus a conditional fifth round pick in 2022 for tight end David Njoku, um, which is a trade I've been working out with Barry Shuck from the Browns uh, SB Nation site. Um, we've been working out these terms. Uh, the Browns want to trade Njoku and get some value for him. So uh, Cardinals are, are interested in a tight end and take him there. And then with um, the 223rd pick, the Cardinals take Isaiah McDuffie, linebacker, Boston College. Uh, I know everyone loves Matt Milano. Well, McDuffie is very much in the same mode, fast, um, gets to the ball in a hurry, excellent tackler. He, he could add not only to special teams, but start contending for playing time in the defense. Uh, at 243, the Cardinals select a guard named Jack Anderson from who was recruited by Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech. He's an underrated guard in this draft. I've seen him projected as a fifth rounder in other mocks, but um, where I was looking, he was available. So uh, we're going to take him there. And at 247, wide receiver Cade Johnson from South Dakota State showed up uh, from a small school at the Senior Bowl and really turned some heads. Um, four, four, eight speed, uh, very good hands, uh, and, and can separate quickly. So there you have it, Cardinal fans. Thank you for tuning in. I hope this was worth your while. And I really owe it to, um, the host here, um, Mr. Take It Easy himself, Kyle Ledbetter, who, um, by the way, Jeopardy told me that, uh, they will put him on the short list of uh, two-week hosts. Um, they're waiting for a few to keep coming through. So with our host for the most, thank you very much. <laughs> I appreciate it. And and I should say thank you, Walter, because you put most of this together. What we did today, this was your idea. You put together the comparisons. You did a lot of the work for today's podcast and saved me uh, saved me some extra time on that. So I appreciate all the work that you've put in and for giving us your time for free. <laughs> I appreciate it always um, because, of course, we are still a small-scale operation. Slow, slowly but steadily, but we are still a small-scale operation. So thank you, Walter. I very Thanks, much Kyle. appreciate Be it. Be good. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.